Hi, welcome to Fizz Gig. I'm Wendy Althwaite and I admit to being fascinated by fizz, the taste, the tingle and most importantly, the trivia. Do join me. We'll explore the myths and the mysteries of the world's greatest sparkling wines. Full disclosure here, I produce English sparkling wine in West Sussex myself, but this podcast is not about our wine in particular, or even about English sparkling wine in general. It's about the scintillating world of effervescence. I'll pop a cork and cast a pod every Friday, and I do hope you'll be with me. Don't forget to listen out for the pudding at the end. It's a little tidbit that, whilst not strictly on point, amuses me. Pop it in your goodie bag as a little fact to take away. So here we go, TGI Fizz Day. And today we'll ask, is Asti nasty? But first, a little poem from the late great Cyril Ray. By God, he's an impudent fella. That girl he showed round the cellar lost her status quo ante between the Chianti and magnums of Valpolicella, which reminds me of Asti Spumanti, a wine I'm more pro than anti. The only thing is that this fizz aphrodisiac leads to delicto flagranti. You'll find this in Jonathan Ray's fabulous book, which I make no apology for recommending again, Drink More Fizz. I also approve of the title. Asti, formerly Asti Spumanti, is a sweet low-alcohol sparkling white wine from northern Italy in Piedmont, literally the foot of the mountain. The vineyards here have been a UNESCO World Heritage Site since 2014, and Asti production centres around the southeast of Piedmont, around the towns of, predictably, Asti and Alba. I'll always try and explain the geographical area for you, just in case, like me, you don't know your Alba from your Elba. The sparkling Asti has floral aromas, especially of orange blossom and peach and apricot flavours, with a characteristic muscat muskiness. It may sound ridiculous, but it's intensely grapey. And actually, that's more unusual for a wine than you might think. Finished wines often taste completely different from the flavours of the grapes in their raw state because the wine's flavours tend to come from the phenolic compounds in the grape pulp and skins and reveal themselves only through maceration. But Asti tastes like the Moscato Bianco grape. Asti is made only from the Moscato Bianco grape, known elsewhere as Muscat Blanc à Petit Grain. It's very sweet. And one theory for the name Moscato is because it attracts flies. Musca means fly in Italian, which is a little disgusting. And one of the reasons why Moscato Bianco is difficult to grow is because it's vulnerable to diseases, particularly after an insect attack. The Moscato Bianco for Asti must be planted on slopes of between 30% and 50% gradient, so mechanization is difficult. Despite the hot summers, the altitude slows the ripening of the grapes, preserving acidity and promoting aromatics. The vines are planted on limestone, chalk and clay, which hold water and keep the roots cool. But let's start at the very beginning. That's a very good place to start. Fizzgig aficionados will now be familiar with the story of someone training in champagne and then returning home to create their own fizz. 
Piedmont is no exception. In 1870, Carlo Gancia returned from Champagne to the town of Canelli and started making Muscat Canelli, which still features on wine labels today. It was American soldiers that popularized Asti when they returned home from their European tour in World War II with an unquenchable thirst for light, sweet wine. Demand soon outstripped supply, so Asti producers industrialized, turning from the traditional method of bottle fermentation to using bulk wine in the Charmat method. The industrialized production of what was then called Asti Spumanti was exported to the USA and the UK and gave Asti Spumanti a poor reputation as a noxiously sweet poor man champagne that, as the name suggested, encouraged overindulgent drinkers to spew. It was nasty. After Asti got DOCG status in 1993, the Spumanti was dropped to distinguish it from its forerunner and wine producers evolved a less sweet style with riper fruit flavours. Still, about 85% of Asti is exported to the USA and the EU, and sales in Russia are rising. Asti comes only from designated areas. In 1932, Asti could be produced in 45 communes around the Po Valley, but in 1967 and 1976, the production area was enlarged to 53 communes. Asti, DOCG, is now Italy's largest appellation. More than 10 times more Asti is produced in Piedmont than the region's iconic Barolo. It's about 80 million bottles a year, and there are over 6,800 growers, most of whom sell their grapes to large companies or cooperatives for wine production. And although bottle fermentation is not prohibited, this fizz is made in the Charmat method, so there's no secondary fermentation in the bottle. Here's how you make it. The grapes are harvested and pressed, and then the grape juice is transferred to very large tanks and chilled to just below freezing to prevent fermentation and to preserve aromatics. The tanks are sealed and pressurized, and then fermentation begins, which, as you know, produces carbon dioxide. As it can't escape, it's forced to dissolve into the wine. When the wine has alcohol of between 7% and 9.5%, the wine is chilled to stop the fermentation. It then goes into a centrifuge to remove all the yeast so it can't start re-fermenting in the bottle when it warms up. And then it's bottled under pressure and sold. It's fizzy with about five to six atmospheres of pressure, just like champagne. Basically, from harvest to bottle, it's about 30 days, compared to three years for traditional method sparkling. Usually there's no vintage date indicated on the label, and it's best drunk within a year, or it goes off. So it's a sip-me-quick sort of wine, and the wines on the market are usually from the most recent vintage. But be aware, Moscato Dusty is a different wine. Moscato Dusty is frizzante. At 1.7 atmospheres, it's just very lightly sparkling, sort of tingling, and it's even less alcoholic at 45 to 5.5%. Moscato Dusty is a sweet artisanal wine with a smaller production than Asti. 
Asti is often a dessert wine, and it's sweet because, as you know, it does not fully ferment, so residual sugar is left in the wine. The average sugar level is 100 grams per litre, which compares unfavourably to, say, the 39 grams per litre in Coke Original. But there's enough acidity for it not to be too cloying, and it's best paired with spicy Asian food or light berry and cream-based puddings. Ferrero Rocher also comes from Alba in Piedmont. So, if the Italian ambassador is spoiling you with a tray of white chocolate and coconut Ferrero Rocher, the only possible wine matching is with Asti. You're welcome. So Asti isn't always nasty. True, it is mass-produced, low alcohol, sweet, lightly sparkling and aromatic, but at around five pounds a bottle, it's an affordable, easy-drinking pudding wine. It's all about the right wine at the right time. And if you're in the mood for fragrant frivol, this fizz is your friend. So, anyone for pudding? As Shakespeare's Juliet nearly said, what's in a name? A rosé by any other name would smell as sweet. Have you ever noticed how unnecessarily confusing wine names are? Why are wines called different names, for instance, Pinot Noir and Burgundy, when they're the same type of wine? Because old world wines are named after their terroir, whereas new world wines are named after the grape variety. So a Cabernet Sauvignon made in Napa would be called Cabernet Sauvignon or Cab Sav. But if it was made in Bordeaux, it would be called Bordeaux, or in England, just to confuse you, claret. Claret is an anglicisation of claret, meaning clear red wines, because Bordeaux wines were slightly puny and needed beefing up by their weightier counterparts from hotter parts of France and reputedly Spain. But the point is, the old world are terroir Easts. So the place where the vines are planted has as much impression on the final wine flavour as the grape variety. So they name the wine after the terroir, not the grape. This means that, unless you're in the know, you have no idea what the grape variety is. And this can have hilarious results. The apocryphal story of an ABC lady, anything but Chardonnay, choosing Chablis, which is of course made with Chardonnay, is in fact true. I've heard it myself in a London wine shop. I nearly splashed my plonk. The same ABC lady would doubtless also like champagne. And we know that that contains Chardonnay too. So there we have it, Fizzerati. We've reached the foot of the mountain and found that we're not anti-Asti. It's astonishingly good in the right circumstances. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join me next Friday when we'll cross Italy to decide whether we are pro-Prosecco. Until then, may your wine, like your wit, be sparkling. Chin chin! <laughs>